Welcome to this week's uh, Gaming by Indie by Design. I am John Robertson, joined as ever by Stace Harmon, and this week we're, uh, well, we're starting off our discussion with uh, Humankind by Amplitude Studios, which came out today, if you're listening to this podcast on release day, on August 17th. Um, it's a game we've actually already played tens of hours of each, given that we had some... Uh, some involvement in the game pre-release on a consultancy basis, so we've we're you know we've we've played quite a lot of this. We're in a pretty good position, we believe. You can be the judge of that, but we believe to uh, have something interesting to say. Uh, there won't be spoilers for this. It's quite a hard game to spoiler anyway, uh, given how it's uh, given how it's set up, but. One of the interesting things about it we've kind of uh, thought would be an interesting point of discussion is historical accuracy in games and whether it's important, how it impacts something, how we interpret um, games that have some form of historical accuracy. And Stacey, you and I have played this game a lot, as, as I've said, and there's a lot of different mm-hmm. ways to play this game culturally in the sense of different historical cultures are in, are included in the game and you can pick and choose and combine them kind of as mm-hmm. you like. We went through very different paths on our choices, um, experienced some different things, experienced some similar things. But how... Um, it's uh, a broad question, I guess. But how how did you kind of interpret that historical mm. culture side on your end? How did you make decisions? Were the cultures and their histories attached to them? Kind of did they yeah. impact the game a lot for you? Well, they they did certainly in some areas, absolutely. So I came to humankind as very much a civilization player, played hundreds. And hundreds of hours um, of the very, I mean, even just Civilization Five, I think it's 700 odd hours. Civ Six, it's 500 odd. So I've played a lot of Civilization. So I came to Humankind, which is a different type of game. And yes, for anybody that doesn't know, as John kind of just alluded to there, um, in, in direct comparison, unlike Civilization, where you pick one civilization and you take that, that one through all the way through history and into the future, in Humankind, you are choosing cultures and you are effectively walking in their shoes you're kind of you're you're taking on their qualities of various cultures throughout history and each time you change era you take on a new culture if you want to you can stick with the same one but you take on a new one which comes with its own set of bonuses and and um and gameplay uh, considerations so you are a bit more free to mix and match and yeah that it's not a question of like literally embodying those cultures it's just a question of kind of taking good bits from them uh, and and applying that directly to your gameplay and so my in within that context my kind of path through the game in some instances i chose very specific cultures that i was interested in um for example once you reach the contemporary era i chose japanese um but in other places it was very much a game and that's the last era is it that's, that's the, like yeah, the that's, very that's, end game that's the last era and yeah and and you would also find that different i think actually um japanese appears i think earlier in the game as well certainly a couple of there is like i think there's also like british and 
English, for example. Those, yeah, they're, they're, they're separated yeah. in different eras and they, they mean different things. And, and yeah, that's Edo Japanese. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, yeah. Edo period and uh, yeah, yeah. British and English, like you say. So, yeah, in some cases I chose the ones that interested me personally. and in, But in most cases I was gameplay first. So I was, what kind of game, what focus am I kind of taking for this particular game? Um, am I going military? Am I going kind of science, culture? Which one am I focusing on at the moment? And which one of the upcoming cultures best suits the way that I'm playing? Now, that's not to say that I didn't then take something from each of those cultures from a, on a personal level like I, I looked things up about oh this is their their unique district as it's called or their unique building in the game so, okay that's interesting why is that i'm going to go and have a kind of a look at that externally um outside of the game to find out some more stuff about that but i wasn't playing it from a uh from a historically I wasn't looking for historical accuracy in the sense of, oh, well, I can't possibly be that culture following that one because that makes no sense. You know, I didn't do that. I, wouldn't, I didn't kind of role play it to that extent. Um, so, yeah, it had some it had some impact, but it was it was largely gameplay first. And I think yeah. it's I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know you, you chose a different perhaps a, yeah. Yeah, a similar way in that you chose a culture that interested you. But yours was like right at the other end of the of the era. True, well, right? yeah, I mean, I just chose... So the Egyptians are one of the ancient uh, civilized cultures that you can <clears throat> pick right at the very start of the game. Um, and I picked the Egyptians because I like a sort of uh, an interest in ancient Egypt and Egyptology. Mm. And I wanted to... And like some of the other... Um, the Hittites and the Assyrians are also there who came into contact with the Egyptians um in in real life uh and i wanted to be the egyptians and you know beat down the assyrians because like, that's what i've been reading about and listening to recently but i don't think actually the other players the ai players actually picked the assyrians so they didn't it didn't happen um <laughs> you were deprived of but, that particular um, grudge match <laughs> yeah yeah and i, I mean when I, picked, when I say i picked the egyptians because i'm interested i, I picked the egyptians but i wasn't necessarily looking for, oh, I'm going to pick them because I expect the game to actually mm. feel like a genuine, historical, accurate representation of what it would be like to be a pharaoh. Um, yeah. Or because, anything well, like that. And that's the thing with these games, right? Like with, with humankind and civilization and games of this ilk, they're balancing... It's seen very much through the lens of a of a game. Like, that's how this is being delivered to you. That's the medium through which we're experiencing this particular historical... These historical trappings. And that is an important distinction between, say, watching a documentary, reading a book, doing uh, kind of intellectual research, because they have to be presented in a certain way that everything has to be balanced. Um, they, you can't have objectively one culture or civilization that is better than another because that doesn't work for your game and that's what you're interested in game balance so there is you know there's a, dist a distillation of kind of taking these these elements and and making and gamifying them it's like well how does how does british or japanese or whichever one it might be affect gameplay and do we have enough cultures to represent the different types of ways that people might play and to kind of cover all of our core pillars of gameplay because we can't just have 60 military focused um cultures we need we need other you know to balance that out so mm. to like with that in the mind game... does it is it important for 
is it more or less important here than it might be in a different type of game for things to be historically accurate and what even is historical accuracy anyway yeah I mean- <laughs> historical accuracy yeah it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a broad term um I mean, I've got a bunch of questions here. What do we mean by historical in my notes for this? I've got, uh, what do we mean by historical accuracy? And it's like, is it a com- is it a presentation of the commonly accepted view of events? Is it a, a presentation and if, of the in, expertly in if, in if it is, by whom? Who's, yeah, exactly. Who's... <laughs> Which side of the events are we looking at yeah. here? Uh, is, it, is it the expertly, is it the expert, is it the historian's view of events, which might change, which might be different from popular culture? perspective mm. is it that the broad strokes are accurate that the rules and the monuments and the years and the climate yeah. and stuff is is correct or is it that the little details are right the guns in call of duty and the clothes and the yeah. belt buckles or whatever so all of these that could be all of those things it could be one of them or maybe something else i think in terms of humankind though um it feels historically accurate to me not in um i guess of those questions i asked i guess in the broad strokes would be the one that it was at first historically accurately um so it feels historically accurate not in that the events are correct because they're not you can do whatever you want you can you know you can have your egyptian capital city on the top of a snowy mountain if you want um which is obviously not accurate um but it feels accurate in the sense of the broad strokes and particularly the rules and the systems of mm. the game in the humankind. And I think, you know, I'm going to get death threats for this or whatever. So not need to get my, need to get my, make sure my address is hidden from all of my online personas, my social media accounts, but it does a better job than civilization of being meaningfully historically accurate in the sense that it, um, that it uses it forces you it asks you to engage in systems that highlight the plight of a civilization over time and how it might change and how through different eras it might be wildly different almost the opposite of the culture that it was in Mm. the previous era or two eras previous however however long you've been playing um and so you get this sense of just the kind of problems and answers and changes over time of a culture so it's not it's not historically accurate it's not historically accurately um presenting any specific culture or change of time it's just in general it it presents a view that cultures do change over time that mm. peoples do have different problems over time and they you know their their borders might expand might um contract uh things that they believed 20 years ago even or maybe not not in the game 200 years ago they no longer believe anymore and they look down upon that thing um that aspect of it so it's that cultural shift over time that i think makes the game historically accurate from a just broad zoomed out planetary level size of just looking at humans as a whole um and it does a much better job of civilization than that which is very static like you're just the same all the time it is yeah it is i think yeah yeah absolutely i think and it it does provide a lens through which to observe yeah human human 
trials and tribulations, the human condition, I suppose, uh, and the things that as a as a peoples rather than as an individual yeah. person. But it's one of the things that makes it, humans great. Right? That, that's that's what it yeah. that's what it promotes. This change over time. This not, not, not yeah, just absolutely. doing the same thing again and again. And again. Mm. Although there is a you know the fact that I chose the Egyptians is kind of an odd one in that because the Egyptians. You know, they had a four thousand year old civilization that was four thousand years old because it was completely static culturally mm. and artistically mm-hmm. and religion, and that's why it lasted so long. But so, yeah, maybe the game's just not accurate well, at all the, because so, you move out of the Egyptian period after a few hundred years. That's not very yeah. Accurate. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in game terms, it's maybe you know thirty, forty turns or something like that. And it's like, yeah, I'm done with that now. And and you do what I like though is that you, there is kind of echoes of the previous culture because. If you do change cultures, and you don't have to, you can transcend as the culture that you are, and and you can play it more yeah, that's true. Yeah. static. If yeah, in that sense, but if you don't, and you move on to another culture, you re- you retain certain bonuses. You retain kind of that legacy, that f- that kind of footprint, or that kind of echo of the the previous culture and you take that through the rest of the game with you so they have that impact so even mm. if and again on that that zoom zoomed out broad level that you were talking about that's how you can see it's like okay all right maybe the egyptians didn't directly uh feed into another culture but their impact is felt here and even you mm. can take the labels away if you want and say well this culture that existed in this era has passed down some of its teachings its its lessons to this next culture whatever they may be and that is a good representation of how the world evolves how people evolve and yeah and maybe it's even if it is can you believe what they were you know what they were what they held as sacrosanct 50 years ago 200 years ago a thousand years ago we don't think like that anymore but even that in itself is still reacting to that previous culture's input and so i think it does a very good job of of that of passing that on and of you feeling the the benefits of that and making you think about the long term because it's even if it is just in gameplay uh, terms what do i want to do i want to be able to adapt to what's happening right now do i want to take this culture forward and say well right now i have been existing in peace i've been going great guns on you know scientific research but now i've got like my neighbors at my door with a full complement of military troops i now need to adopt a culture that is more militaristic and that can respond to the current threat so again in that in that zoomed out way of like the shifting of time and yeah and your culture is not in isolation it still has to react to external threats yeah absolutely Um, so it does that really well i think but i would say one thing i'm not so thrilled about and that it it's a little bit um i don't think it's quite got to grips with this yet in that although civilization is more static what i think the game civilization is more static uh, what that does mean is that it is able to drill down a bit more into how it represents those civilizations even in terms of the literal aesthetic and the sound of those civilizations so having a figurehead having a leader that you pick who you embody and they have um perhaps culturally appropriate dress and they and regional dialects and language which you don't get in humankind because the idea is that you are not literally being that civilization but it's a difficult distinction to make the game it doesn't 
doesn't set its stall up early enough in saying that i don't think so you pick an avatar that represents you as a as almost an omnipotent being that you are that person throughout the entirety of history and into the future adopting these different cultures you're not playing you know you're not literally you know like stace of the nubians you know it doesn't you're not that but that's what your avatar it kind of looks like you are so there's civilization being more kind of yeah static or being more single track or you know more focused in that way does allow it to do that which which i think humankind doesn't do quite so well so there is you know pros and cons of course to yeah i i I think i would say maybe yeah on that systems level maybe i've have said here are the problems that are presented to these people in this civilization yeah maybe that's right that civilization does do a better job of allowing you to drill down in how the specific elements of the civilization that you've chosen might be able to deal with that whereas humankind isn't really aiming for the same thing no in that sense it's it's aiming at an idea that well cultures continually change and adapt to different things or adopt things sometimes they adopt things that's not even good for them in -hmm. the long run like as you know uh, there's lots of civilizations throughout history that have adopted um elements or allowed things to happen uh which has been their downfall um yeah and i think humankind does do a better job of representing that sort of thing I, i think it's maybe and this is not really talking about historical accuracy but i think for me who's played some Civ, but not as not as much as you. Um, I think humankind is more interesting to me on the position that it's not, you can, there's a lot to experience in it and you're not necessarily trying to min-max everything, not trying to just yeah. win everything to the maximum percentage possibly, not trying to win as early as possible. You know? And I know some people play Civilization like that as well, but I think this game is better at that bit of this mm-hmm. potential way of playing than... Yeah, I, agree. I think it does, you can adapt more quick. You can pivot. You can adapt more quickly in humankind. And and I, I I feel like when you get to a certain point with civilization, you pick a civilization and a leader, and you are setting your stall out very early as to the kind of game that you're going to play. Whereas in humankind, there's much more. I think there's much more adaptability. You are able to say, okay, well, I was going after this. But now I'm not doing that. I'm going in this, or given the way that the map has turned out or the way that I've set up on various islands, actually going after this particular victory condition um, is more is more beneficial or more realistic, perhaps. Whereas in Civ, it can be, yeah. it can, I'm not saying it is for everybody, but it can be more like, I'm going to be this civilization, therefore I'm going for a religious victory, therefore I need to do X, Y, and Z um so yeah i think human and they both have the i'm not going to stop playing civilization because i'm now playing humankind they both have their place mm. uh but yeah they're just good at different things so the so well, the, yeah go on well, i was gonna say yeah so you mentioned realism there so i suppose that brings up a question um about historical accuracy so is mm. is historical accuracy determined by realism i suppose are they are they synonyms for what we're talking about? Because um, I think the the wider question here of um, historical accuracy is it important in games. Um, should it be? Uh, should should the goal always be in something that includes a historical setting, historical character? Should accuracy be what's being aimed for, and whatever that means to different people, um, or is authenticity what we should be? 
going for because like let's be honest authenticity is what most games aim for i would say over accuracy they, mm. they aim for the sensation that what you're playing is sort of emotionally and visually and sort of sensationally authentic rather mm-hmm. than being completely down to the belt buckle down to the blade of grass yeah. down to the uh you know the makeup of male and female troops in the front line being completely accurate yeah um and there's there's obvious games to talk about here um assassin's creed call of duty like you know these these are things that are set in points in history Mm -hmm. but they're not i wouldn't say they're accurate some elements of them are accurate but they they just try to be authentic yeah and i and i that's what i prefer i think and i actually uh, as you were talking then it something clicked for me and i think it's the difference for me between like translating something and interpreting it and those are two very different things even though they can sometimes be confused or conflated as being the same thing they're not and for some people with translation that that realism is far more important like if they're watching something reading something playing a game and there is something that's out of like well this is for example let's you know ghost of tsushima say this is 13th century japan the fact that there are even haikus in this game is ridiculous for, for from that viewpoint, because haikus, as I understand it, were kind of a 17th century uh, invention, or that's when it that's when they emerged. So for some people, that would be like, well, that's just stupid. I, I'm out. Like, not in a, they're not being, I don't think, snobbish. They're not being, uh, they're not trying to be anything. It's just for them, it, it does genuinely take them out of the believability or the verisimilitude of this thing. Because it's like, well, that that's not what was going on. If you've chosen to set your game in 13th century Japan, then it should be uh, accurate to that. I'm not on that side of it. I'm more on the interpretation rather than the translation of, okay, you've chosen 13th century Japan as your setting. There are things that I'm familiar with in terms of philosophy or uh, particular cultural practices, or even, and I didn't know this until quite recently, even that the samurai in the 13th century it is widely uh, accepted and believed did not fight with swords predominantly they didn't wear that that kind of very iconic shogun armor that was much later like the, the apparently they were much more horseback driven they fought with bow and arrow on horseback so but that for me isn't important i like to know about it i like something that might pique my interest enough that I'll go and find out or even you know the game can point me at that or have have um, resources in game that I can look at to read about that stuff but I'm more interested in the experience as a whole and and okay it's cool for me like from a gameplay perspective and from a narrative perspective that there are that there are haikus in this game it's not historically accurate but that gives me something and it enhances it it's not I don't feel that it's just for the sake of it I don't feel that it's it's disrespectful even i think mm. it's a it serves a purpose um both well, narratively for the character and also for the actual gameplay experience so that yeah. that's kind well, of where it, i land most of the time is on the interpretation over the translation or the yeah not the realism it's the it's the authenticity as you've yeah been yeah because the the inclusion of haikus in there are designed not to be accurate of in 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 their inclusion they're designed to be a tonally um a good a tonally positive a kind of meaningful Mm. fitting way to present some 
um, you know, um, notes or information or yeah. creativity or arts to the player yeah. that makes sense for the vision of, um, you know, historical Japanese uh, culture um, yeah. in, the, the in that way. And, yeah, the the authenticity yeah, yeah. the, the uh, overall authenticity yeah. not the so yeah it's those games that are kind of what are they they're like it's like a dramatization of historical events it's, it's that it's, it's historical that fiction yeah it's like, yeah, like that you robert get harris of writing about rome or whatever yeah it's like um, based on or inspired by true events it's that kind it's like yeah okay that's cool it's just i guess the the problems if you can call them that or the challenges can start when if a large proportion of your audience is taking that as a literal representation yeah. of something that really happened and is believing that that's what you're saying. Yeah. And I don't know that it's, I don't personally, I don't believe it's necessarily the creator's responsibility to make that very clear and to, and to say, hold up before you play Assassin's Creed or before you watch Hamilton on Disney plus be aware that some of this is kind of fictional like I don't think it's it's their responsibility to do that, but I think you know that's it is nice, particularly in games, because they're able to do it a bit more um, naturally, perhaps than a film could. Is provide a, an area in the game that has these resources that you can go and find out this stuff, or it can point you to other other sources for you to go and continue your your journey with this with yeah. this kind of this context. Yeah, what well, I mean, video games are not you are not alone or unique in this. Um discussion around education and whether mm. um games that give a, a doctored or a sort of creative vision of history do they have a responsibility to either not do that or mm. tell people where the where the differences are and i mean you mm. know films rarely rarely explain it historical fiction rarely explains it because it, it ruins the world right it's like well here's this fictional historical world historically fictitious world <laughs> you know some elements are are right <laughs> mm. um that um oh but we're going to tell you at every juncture pointing out where it's quote-unquote fake yeah well that By pulls the way, you out of the world happen. constantly yeah. Yeah. i mean um assassin's creed does those discovery tours so you can that you can mm-hmm. wander around and get some information and stuff and there's there's an example of where uh, and and they they will explicitly pull out where things have been changed. They they explicitly say this is not historically accurate. Um, mm. So in AC Origins, Assassin's Creed Origins, um, where there's a bit where you can go and um, uh, there's a classroom scene, and there's a teacher teaching some kids who are sitting on the floor, and the kids are male and female, and they point out that this is not accurate. It wouldn't mm-hmm. female uh, little girls wouldn't have been taught like this probably at all. It would have all been boys, but they say they they explicitly say in there that the choice was made to be inclusive of, um, uh, or to be exclusive or to remove sexism of the time and yeah. be inclusive today rather than accurate because it doesn't undermine the game. It doesn't undermine the authenticity that the game, the style of authenticity that the game is aiming for. Uh, it doesn't undermine the narrative of the game, etc. Mm. Uh, there's other bits like um, statues that are that would be nude are not nude. 
um, which is not because accurate. internet. Um, well, yeah. Well, also I think it's a ratings thing. They can't get the ratings. True. True be, enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. For the kids that they want to that they want to be able to play their game. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I mean, there's games like I think Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, the way that it does it, and also Call of Duty and Battlefield as well, put in the same camp, a little bit different to the way that Ghost of Tsushima does it, even though on the surface they seem similar in mm. that here's a historical backdrop and here's a fictitious character um, and the character isn't necessarily changing the wider events in which, the historically accurate wider events in which it's played out. Mm. Um, it, But Sushima is different uh, because it does borrow from lots of different things that are set over hundreds of mm. years apart, whereas mm. Call of Duty, say the World War II games, are very much set in that year or that five-year yeah. period of it, and Battlefield yeah. similarly, Origins as well. Okay, the Egyptian periods, Assassin's Creed Origins, okay, that was a 4,000-year civilization, not necessarily set in a specific year of that um but it's still more uh it's still more of a point in time than yeah, it is in than it is in Tsushima yeah. yeah and then they've so i mean those games are historically accurate in a different way aren't they like the backdrop is what's accurate the actual mm-hmm. events and the character that you're playing at and the narrative decisions are not like the whatever you do as your soldier in Call of Duty World War 2 does not change the fact mm that this battle was won by this side of the of the fight in real life like they're not changing any of those outcomes of of battle so then historical accuracy and that is different in that it is presenting the wider broad strokes that are the same as as real life and then it's other things that people are looking and then you know people know those that's that they're not coming to the game to learn what happened in that battle like they know they're coming to that to feel like what it was like, maybe you know, in a small, tiny way, like the, yeah, the sensation of an experience yeah, of, of of being of being in that in that yeah. um in that environment, and then it, then that's you know, then it's the details that we were saying before. It's the guns, it's the clothes, it's yeah. who's standing next to you, and you know the hoo ha about like um, female soldiers being included in Call of Duty on the front lines of u.s infantry in world war ii and then lots of people being like mm. well that's historically inaccurate i'm not well yeah i mean call of duty is not a historically accurate yeah. game is it and like and like how do we i'm also wondering as like do we want historical accuracy because if it's let's say it's a world war one game and you're in a trench well to be accurate like well there's a lack of rations there's disease yeah. all the time you're Maybe tired the toilet. like yeah you're <laughs> tired constantly like you're yeah your clothes are literally rotting on your person so uh, i don't know i always find it a bit odd when people say oh it's completely unrealistic that a and unrealistic to the point that it's ruined the game for me that there's a woman fighting next to me oh but all these other things i can be shot 15 times and just get up that's fine (laughs) well yeah and there i think definitely and of course with anything i think you know I, i would hold that there will be some people who are for whom certain things do spoil an experience or at the very least take them out of that experience it ruins that you know they see that gun manufacturer that actually didn't come into creation until 20 years hence and they're in there and now that's just silly that spoils it for me or perhaps yes the 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 gender or the race of the soldier fighting next to me is x y or z and that bothers me but often 
probably more often than not, sadly. That can be just used as a, I personally don't like this thing for a different reason, and I'm going to say this instead. But let's not, uh, we won't get into that because that's its own, that's its own thing. It's, it's important to acknowledge, but it's not, um, you know, that's its own thing. You have to, to some extent, I believe in trying to take people at face value for the most part. I mean, it's, you know, it's easy to dig into things and think, I know what's really going on here, but, you know, we'll try and just keep it as some people like historically accurate games. Some people like, yeah, historical interpretations of, of those events and, and I mean, are there games that you play? Do you, what is it for you? Like, are you, so Assassin's Creed is a good example. You're already interested in ancient Egypt uh, outside of games. You listen to podcasts, you read books, you you seek out things about that civilization. Does that, how strong is that allure for you? How much does that affect, you know, were you more interested in assassin's creed because it was dealing with that uh, as as opposed to the ones that came before and after it because it's oh this one features egypt or, or does it that's not really the representation of Egypt, not the representation of egypt so that's not really going to give you much of that culture do you know what i mean uh, like does yeah. it does it make um, it any more appealing to you basically i think actually i think actually no i think no i think yeah i was kind of curious of it for sure but was it more appealing than say valhalla which is the mm-hmm. more recent one about which I played mm-hmm. much more of than Origins. Um, in a weird way, it actually turns me off of the game a little bit because um, whilst I picked the Egyptians in Humankind, it's very abstracted mm. in that you're not actually getting a sense of what it was like to be on the ground moving between Egyptian people um, on, on that very intimate um, sort of uh, you know in your face level mm. with origins actually knowing about egypt and being interested in it i actually have a slight and maybe this is where i i do look for accuracy over authenticity sometimes i have a slight fear that i um <clears throat> will see things in the game mm. that will pull me out of it mm-hmm. and say oh actually that isn't what it's that isn't what it was like uh, and it's not things like the the sexism thing with the classrooms. It's I don't know. It's like it's. Uh, I'm not even sure what it is that would mm. that would pull me out of it. Um, but also in a way, I'm less curious about experience. Maybe this is more of an accurate way I'm putting it. I'm more. I'm less curious about exploring a game setting ancient Egypt because I already know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not mm-hmm. really learning anything through it. Prob- well, that, that's maybe an egotistical thing to say, an arrogant thing to say, but I'm prob- I've got less to learn from that probably than sure. I have about a game set in Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so in a sense, from a historical perspective and seeing this thing, I've, it's, it's less appealing mm. because... Yeah, I've got a, a degree of education in it um, already, and I'm not someone who tends to like. I'm someone who once once like I understand things, I tend to get a little bit bored of it and try mm. to move on to the next thing to understand it. So merely understanding, so merely, but understanding something and then engaging in it again and again and again and again, just uh, like and getting a joy of familiarity, isn't very appealing to me. 
in yeah. most instances. So just so going through and saying, oh, I like Egypt. Therefore, I'm just I'm going to play Egypt things all the time. Isn't yeah. isn't really that. There's there's a as a quick as a quick very quick detail. It reminds me a lot. I've been uh, reading. Well, I've been reading, listening to um, on in audiobook form. Uh, Let my people go surfing by uh, Yvonne Chouinard, who is the founder of Patagonia, and he talks about that exact thing. This no, the, it, there is an actual title for it, but it's like the it's sort of the the eighty percent club. It's like once you uh, know or have in a physical activity got to kind of eighty percent um not efficiency but like uh an 80 percent exposure yeah yeah like it's some you understand something or you are you are proficient to it or in it to a to a sort of degree of 80 percent whatever that might look like or feel like then it's time to move on to the next thing and that i think you remind me very much of that that's that's like a you're more interested in 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 going deep on something but then moving moving sideways onto the next thing and covering things a, a breadth of things rather than going you know d- devoting your life to this particular period of, you know it's not like the only civilization you're ever gonna or have ever been interested in is ancient egypt so yeah that's yeah anyway that's a, a, a detour on that but that is yeah that's interesting that that notion of it in some way putting you off because i think i was probably the opposite with ghost of Tsushima. it was i was drawn to it even more so because I do have an interest in in Japanese culture, uh, and particularly the particularly the old, how the old meets the new. Um, in going to Japan, that's something I was very interested in doing. In going somewhere like Tokyo and being completely immersed in that, and then going out into the countryside where there's a much more, I guess, traditional or or older fashion style of living and seeing how those things coexist. And in Ghost of Tsushima, there's an element of that, not in like the ultra modern Tokyo and and the, the the countryside, but in the tradition and the newer way of thinking. And that's very much represented in in Ghost of Tsushima with the protagonist Jin Sakai and his uncle. And it's one is very traditional, and the other is more we need to adapt to survive. And so. So, yeah, so that drew me to it. And then in exploring certain things, I think what for me, historical context, if not historical accuracy, but what historical context offers to me is represented by this this kind of anecdote about Ghost of Tsushima. And it's that it's probably, well, I won't say it's obvious, but as may be evident or as most people might assume, n- no one person was responsible for repelling the Mongol invasion of Japan, which which did happen in the 13th century. But there was no one person that was responsible for, you know, being the hero that stopped that from happening. The Superman but that, makes... that suddenly showed up and beat. No, yeah, there was Lex no Luther. Lone Ranger or yeah, Jin Sakai. Like there was nobody that did that. But it's a better hero's journey and a better game to represent it in that way and in fact i found out subsequently because i was interested and i read more about it that it's it's kind of it's not verifiable fact but it's it's widely believed that it was kind of just adverse weather that that stopped the invasion that there was a hurricane and then there was another one a few years later when there was another invasion which then was kind of mythologized uh, you tell as the being, legend not the story though this is it <laughs> yeah so it's mythologized as being oh that and but that those that that those hurricanes that that adverse weather was sent by a god to prevent that invasion but the but so that's kind of the the widely uh except i don't accept it isn't fair but um presented 
version of history. But to acknowledge that, and I didn't know this until very recently, Sucker Punch in creating Ghost of Tsushima, they acknowledge that by having Jin's sword uh, have this kind of storm wind um, design. I think he's, it might even be called, like the actual design of the sword is called something like Clan of the Clan of the Storm or something like that. To, yeah. as a kind of a, a hat tip to the fact that, you know, Jin is in that sense the embodiment of this hurricane, this divine wind, ultimately, this kamikaze, which is where that comes from. Mm. And that to me is, that that's just really cool. I really, I love the fact that they, they haven't steamrolled over that. They don't make a point of saying that, but it's there. They've they've put something in that if you do yeah. want to go and find out more about it, and and all that does for me is enhances the experience. So this notion yeah. of like historical context, yes, it can be done badly. Yes, if you're very, if you get most of your uh, joy from like historical accuracy, then then a lot of games are going to probably disappoint you. But for me, yeah, that historical context just adds. More, far more than it than it takes away yeah and well and it's an interesting sort of side point as well because legends and myth and um folk tales are, are like a key part of mm. cultures understanding their past and specifically what's what's of value to the people um mm-hmm. at that time so basing things around legends or myths and mythology um is can be a very accurate way of presenting you know what was important like what were the fears mm. of the people and what mm. what did people desire and what did people um believe um, and we have that now right we've like the film media that gets created around certain historical events or at the time of certain historical, that's effectively our version of that right like that's oh yeah our like the 300 of, is just pure myth yeah, in the way yeah. like yes there was a battle there but i mean it didn't play out like the, the people in it were almost <laughs> almost definitely not like gerald butler um but um oh, disappointing there's i guess there's one more thing i need to wrap up but it's one more thing i wonder if uh another one of my notes here just states that you're you're kind of playing with fire if you state uh completely legitimately and completely just po-faced that your game is Mm. genuinely historically accurate um because there's gonna be there's going to be issues around this because historical, like, you know, the old like history changes, old cliche yeah. over yeah. time. Um, and I mean, there are, there are specific points around this, say about representation again, kingdom come deliverance uh, had no black people in the whole game. I think everyone mm. in the whole game is white. Um, there was no racial diversity at all. And at the time the developers said that that's historically accurate other historians then came out and says that's bullshit it's not accurate yeah. at all and here's yeah. loads of evidence of yes his paintings and his words and whatever um but also in another way in a sort of more broad way i wonder if you're playing with fire in that in a game most games say narratively driven games for sure you need that there's typically you the good guy or the good guys and then you're there's some threat the bad guys rarely mm. is it presented in a more, like a more gray area in which you're both good and bad um so then in that sense let's take a modern conflict like say something involving the russians and the Russians are presented, or the Soviet Union, are presented as the bad guys in a game, whereas you play as Americans or Brits or whatever. 
um, can it ever be historically accurate objectively? Because you're going to need to present the Soviet Union as the bad guys that like you you motivate your player to beat. Whereas actually, from the Soviet Union side, they were just the Americans are the bad guys. Like yeah. they are evil. They're yeah. well, not necessarily evil, but they're they're the enemy. Um, so what does historical accuracy even mean? Is it historical accuracy in just merely, well, I'm an American making this game for Americans who grow up with American visions and American education of history. Um, so therefore it's historically accurate for the American schooling system and their, and how they portray the Soviet Union, etc. which yeah. is probably not historically accurate at all from a motivation sense, etc. from yeah. the Soviet side. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, absolutely that. Like a, a, a historical accuracy, how can you, how can you strive to attain that when history itself is like a mix of what verifiable fact, subjective accounts and and myth? Yeah, like how can you what is accurate there? What what it's it is yeah, you are you are probably onto a losing a losing streak if you are trying to yeah. claim that you are being 100% accurate. So, but yes, interpretation Yes, please. Historical context. Yes, absolutely. Um, and in, as far as humankind goes, uh, that I've enjoyed more of those elements than I have been sort of disappointed or raised an eyebrow at. So, um, yeah, but I'd be interested to know, I'd be interested to hear from those people that for whom historical accuracy is a a an overriding factor because that's a legitimate standpoint for sure there's no like oh well you just you, you know you're being stuck up or you don't get it so that's that's not true at all so yeah i'd be interested to hear from those people that you know for whom here's a good example of this and here's something that was was not so good for me um and until then uh i'm going to play some more more humankind and although we did say that there wouldn't be any spoilers i will say that at least in my game the japanese did win that's the ending so they would they won the world. That's they the won, historically they accurate won ending history. of a single culture's <laughs> won the world now. I got a big score at the end. Is that not how life works? You get to the end of yeah. it and you get a big score. <laughs> yeah, put number one, put your name on the leaderboard. Japan, top. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll call it quits there then. Um, just a reminder, like ever, as ever, you can visit our website, indiebydesign.net, where you'll find our other podcast episodes. Subscribe to our podcast there. There are YouTube versions of this podcast which you can uh, find via the website you can also buy and pre-order uh, the books that we make alongside this podcast which deal with the history and culture and impact and creation of video games uh, more info there we're currently taking pre-orders for 20 double fine years which is a look back at double fines history um with well, interviews with history, subjective history <laughs> our vision of double fines history uh it's informed by interviews with you know everyone at the studio um peter chan tim schaefer uh who else have we interviewed that's also doublefinebit.com uh, so check that out and then yeah social media we are at Indie by Design on everything and if you go to our Twitter you'll find a link to our Discord there, uh, there as well um, but otherwise thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week